Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this iteration of Faster Than Stand-Up. I'm Brent Lamont. I'm Mark Herbal. I'm Patrick Dodd. So we're continuing our <laughs> series on communities of practice, and joining us today are Lisa Klein and Byte Richter out of the SAP S4HANA's Agile Center of Excellence. Hello. Hello. Hi. So in this iteration, we're going to continue the conversation about Agile COPs, communities of practice. And so where we kind of ended up the last iteration is we were talking about the logistics that are involved in how you run a COP. So Mark, walk me through. <laughs> I love it when he gives me the look of the, wait, what? <laughs> no, I, I'm happy to go to Patrick if you'd like. Oh, go, I, you guys don't know what it is. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> walk me through the logistics of how you have to go through things on the fly in a COP. Go through things on the fly. I mean, sure. What what we now have is a. If I understand the question correctly, what we now have is a. Uh, spokesperson from that particular uh, domain um, and they pick a topic ahead of time we send it out um, through our normal channel so that everyone is aware of what the topic is and then they talk for a little bit 10 minutes 15 minutes and then we field any questions um, we found that generally with the attendance we've had recently we can get in any of the questions and sometimes we do go afield people have other things they want to talk about and we just roll with that typically it's you know we start with the theme there are questions about the theme we start to fall off from that other people have some other things they want to talk about and that generally fills out the COP pretty completely um, Patrick and just so you know Patrick and the lead and I get together usually a couple of days beforehand and say What's the theme? How do we want to present this in our in our communications so that we all understand ahead of time what's coming? There are no shocks and we can prep people to think through what they want to talk about beforehand. I don't know if that answers your question. No, that's that's perfectly fine. So Byte, you were talking about in our previous iteration about how you guys do dot voting for yours. So how does that work for you? And do you think it actually adds value? Um, so basically, uh, right now, the last time we had like 140 people who wanted to come to the COP, so it's quite a lot. So just to <laughs> just to talk to one or two people and find out what they would value uh, the most is kind of nah, not not that democratic, right? Um, so. Uh, what we try to do is get the voices of everyone, and the, the democratic way of that uh, of achieving that was dot voting for us. So we opened up our backlog. These are all the topics we have in mind. Um, you can add new topics if you like, but please leave uh, five dots uh, on the topics you would like to see next time. You can put up to three votes onto one topic if you think this is a really important topic and else just just share and we are always surprised on what the next topic will be. So um, yeah, we, we came from, it was like, uh, how does a product backlog look like going over um, how to, do great retrospectives and then we had the feedback uh, uh, how to give valuable feedback and evolve as a person and let's see what happens the, uh, the next times right yeah. so Lisa uh, go ahead Mark I was gonna say I wonder if logistics 
vary depending on how many people attend. Because I don't know if you noticed when you said 140 people, Patrick's eyes went through the roof. Like, <laughs> if we had 140 people, we might be doing things slightly differently. Because we typically have, I don't know, no more than 20. And it's usually in like, you know, 10 to 15. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not all of them participated, to be honest. <laughs> so the registration is always a lot more than who actually shows up. Oh. But I think last time we had still over 50 people in the I don't Zoom. Know if we've um, that was, we were impressed as well. We haven't thought that so many people would like to, to join these sessions. But as far as a very, very big area, and what you said last time, Patrick, that for exact, um, example, in uh, India, a lot of new colleagues start as scrum masters and so on. So I think even if um, S4 joined Lean 10 years ago, there are so many people who think that Agile and all this stuff is pretty new for them. So they like to join such kind of CUPs. Absolutely. And I think you hit on something earlier, uh, when you said, that um, you, you reach out beforehand to do the dot voting. And that I think is important to remember, not just for COPs, but for any meeting um, where you're gonna have uh, a medium to large group of people attend is logistics should happen before the meeting starts. So where I've seen um, just meetings in general and COPs as well fall down is when uh, people are doing logistics in the meeting. They're dot voting in the meeting. And it, we spend the most of the meeting just doing that versus actually getting into the meat of the discussion. If it's, it's, if it's kind of a small COP with uh, not too many um, participants and also maybe uh, one which is happening regularly, maybe every week or something, this can be completely fair. Because if you um, ask, if you're going through a weekly basis and you asked participants three days before the meeting, so to speak, um, to do some voting and what do we want to talk about on the meeting itself, it could be already outdated again. So maybe that's okay. But if we speak about 120 people and also um, speaking about getting them into some kind of interactive mode. So we are using Zoom and room uh, breakout rooms and stuff like that to get the uh, two pizza teams. So in every room, there are like seven to eight people. So already there is a huge logistic on how to get 120 into rooms with where only seven to eight people are in there and get them to be interactive and give them something to do and to um, how to consolidate all of the ideas and knowledge and so on and so on. Um, for that, it sh would be a bad idea just to ask in the meeting, okay, what do we want to do today? Yeah. <laughs> you, you referenced two pizza teams. Not everybody in the audience might understand that. Well, sure. Yeah. That's, that's an old school Amazon thing where it was how many people can you put together who can eat two pizzas? So right so everyone exactly. can do in their head yeah it's about you know four people for a large pizza great eight people two pizzas here okay well, it's probably a one person team <laughs> <laughs> depends on the pizza just say it i worked for a company where we moved the entire office and one night everyone pitched in and did it and there was something like 25 of us and the boss promised pizza and what he literally meant was one pizza for 25 people <laughs> that wasn't going to work. <laughs> and, and Patrick knows, Patrick knows who this is. You've got like one bite. <laughs> you've done your job. Oh my goodness. So, 
you know, actually, you guys were bringing up something really interesting that I think we should cover is how do you deal with this? Or is there any difference in this from pre-COVID to now COVID in how you do logistics for COPs or how you run a COP or so, Lisa, I'm going to start with you with that. Is there any difference for you? Um, actually, we haven't had a COP before. before. <laughs> So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, right. So the one I attended was actually one of the earliest ones for that, right? Yeah, probably. Um, okay. We started, I think, beginning of April or something. Okay. So it was one of the first. But as it is very international, there would never have been an option to meet in person anyways. Right. Uh, so for me, I did I even join when... I think there are a lot of COPs in Waldorf, for example, because we are so many people, but I never was motivated to join one in person there. I don't know why. <laughs> so I think it's easier to just dial in and join a virtual meeting. Right. Well, to Veit's point earlier in, in the previous iteration, it was, you know, voting with your feet which is an old school thing, right? If, if you're not interested, hey, walk out. It's totally cool. Patrick, yeah. thoughts? Did you, have you found differences between them? Um, yeah, I actually find, I, I, I agree with Lisa. I think that this in remote COPs is actually easier. And the reason I say that, at least logistically, is that, well, actually logistically and um, as far as a group culture, because as far as a group culture, you don't get location silos. You don't say like, oh, this is the Bellevue COP or the St. Louis Park COP or the Waldorf COP. Um, it's just, it's literally a community of whatever that practice is, not a community of location. And um, I also think it's easier logistically because I know that from past experience that when I'm trying to set up a meeting in a conference room where people may or may not have left the previous meeting, and um, you're wrestling with the company mandated conferencing software on the telephones um, and trying to get that working and linked into your computer it's way easier just to click open a zoom meeting yeah but he's right. not bitter but it's just no you can tell <laughs> there's no bitterness at all right well and i will say you know we i think we've had conversations about how work is going to change post-covid and I think one of the things that people are much more comfortable with is the ability to just hop on your computer and do a meeting. And I think that uh, the need for large conference spaces is still going to be there for companies, but I think it's gonna be uh, things like in Zoom where you can go, here's your breakout room, right? You were talking about breakout rooms for two pizza teams. And I think it's one of the great advantages of using Zoom is the ability to just go, oh yeah, here we go. Let's do three breakout rooms and five people, done, right? And it is another thing about voting with your feet. It's like, you could say, okay, if you wanna go, you can start assigning people to rooms as opposed to the randomness of it all where it's, uh, it's not a thing. So I'm curious, Mark, ending a COP, why would you end one? I don't know. I don't know why everyone would end one, but we did end one, and the reason okay. was there was a competing one in the EU um, that was run by a very competent lead. He was really good. He had the ear of people in 
um, Europe. And that was fairly well attended and it tended to suck people from the US in the morning away. Um, they would sometimes attend that one. So we found that the morning one, uh, the, the attendance was dropping to, you know, a trickle. And the one in the afternoon tended to be pretty strong. So we killed the one in the morning, found the people that didn't get to the morning, then just gravitated to the afternoon one. It filled out our afternoon one better. Um, and those that were in the EU that were better serviced by that particular one went to that. So um, it just didn't make any sense to have two where most of the people didn't attend one of them. Okay. And if we're back to the community idea and sharing of information, I'd rather have there be more people to share their information. Sure. I think that I, I kind of go back to the saying, and it's a little trite, but a community of practice ceases to exist when there's neither a community nor a practice. Right. And I think in that instance, there was, uh, there, there was no longer a community. Um, but I think that what there is instances too, when there's no longer a practice, like when there was a, uh, there, there were some big reorgs in uh, product management and there were several um, months, more like a year, where um, people were struggling to figure out, you know, what, is the, what are their job responsibilities now? And so it's like when you take that aspect of a practice away, that, that focus is gone. And so it's hard to maintain a, a, a COP that way as well. So, uh, oh, go ahead, Mark. I have a question for everybody. What is the, what does success look like with a community of practice? Because one of the things we seem to be obsessed with for a while was attendance. But if you have 500 people attend and nobody says a word, then we probably don't have a successful COP. <laughs> if you have like six people show up and everybody's talking, then that's far more useful to me. So, so you know what? Let, this, before we even go there, this is a good <laughs> thing for the next iteration because we're heading towards time and I have a feeling we can go through this for a little while. So I'm going to say until the next iteration, I'm Brent. I'm Mark. I'm Patrick. I'm Lisa. I'm fight. Until the next iteration, you can give us a rating at your podcast provider, shoot us an email at info at faster than standup.com, or you can find us on Twitter at faster standup. Thanks for listening. And that was faster than a standup. <laughs>